The following is a presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for high school sports. This is Scoreboard Saturday on News Radio KMAN. We're back, we're back, we're back. Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN, powered by WTC Communications. AJ Shaw, your host. Great to be back with you. Another very chilly Saturday morning, uh, but I have thawed out. <laughs> I have thawed out, and we're here to talk some more high school hoops. Tournament action is back for a lot of teams, including Manhattan Boys, who are at the Dodge City Tournament of Champions this week. Trey Coverdale is down there today. And we'll have pregame for you at 445 here on K-Man, the Final the finals of that uh, tournament down in Dodge City. Well said, Manhattan girls, their recap. Back-to-back tough losses on the road, first at Emporia on Thursday and then at Blue Valley Stillwell last night. Colby Van Camp will have a recap for you on that. And then we had an opportunity to sit down with Junction City boys coach Nick Perez and Blue Valley Randolph girls coach Kaylee Inez. We'll talk with them and our third and fourth segments here today. Other things we have to get into really quickly before we uh, get on with the show today. Number seven, K-State women's basketball will be hosting KU in the Sunflower Showdown today. Pre-game here at 12, on 1230 here on News Radio KMAN. And then later tonight, after uh, the Manhattan boys game is over, we'll be joining in progress for the K-State men's game, a doubleheader at Bramlage. Uh, they are hosting Oklahoma State. And then tomorrow... Kansas City Chiefs playoff football here on K-Man. They'll be playing the Buffalo Bills. We'll have that for you for free here on K-Man beginning at 4 o'clock. So if you don't want to watch it on the TV, we have it for you for free here on K-Man for that reason. All right, we get into Manhattan High. The boys currently looking pretty good down, as I said, at the Dodge City Tournament of Champions. They opened up their... Uh, tournament against Olathe East on Thursday, a thrilling ball game that was, double overtime contest, and Landon Knopp ends up becoming the hero in that one, hitting a buzzer beater three in double overtime as Manhattan High wins that one, 70-68. Yesterday's game against Wichita East, not as thrilling uh, as the contest against Olathe East, but still a close one, 66-58 the final in that one, and uh, Trey Coverdale had an opportunity to um, call that one and talk a little bit about that game as well. 66-58 final, Manhattan High defeats Wichita East this afternoon in the semifinals at the Tournament of Champions in Dodge City. Courtside with us is Benji George after his team wins it by eight, and your eyes about popped out of your head when you saw what those free throw numbers were. Yeah, I mean, uh, awesome job at the line. It's you know, it's different for high school kids in a big arena like that. And I feel like our first game out here, every time we 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 don't do as good of a job at the line, and we weren't great from the line last night. Um, but to shoot twenty six to thirty, I mean, that that held them at bay. And um, I mean, going up there, I mean, just everybody uh, went up there and just made big pressure free throws. Um, sometimes we overcomplicate winning. You have to make layups and you have to make free throws to win. And um, man, we did a great job at the line. And you did that with a defense on their side that was playing very physical, but yeah. also doing a, a, tr- a tremendous job at 
being able to force you into mistakes at times. Yeah, they're a great defense. I mean, um, you know, I think that the, the, the strings of wins that they're going to get and that they have gotten have been because of their defense. Um, they're, they're uber, like, physical but in the right way. I mean that the right way. Um, they do a good job with it. They do a good job of taking charges. They're so athletic, and they get off the ground so fast. Um, you know, and I, the other thing I always look at is points per possession. And for us to get a point per possession, um, I mean, uh, that, that says a lot about our offense and, and, you know, the ability for us just to kind of plug along. Um, I thought our shot selection at times could have been better that first half. Um, we fixed a lot of that the second half, and then it was just a – the second half was just a back-and-forth great high school basketball game to be honest i mean um i I just we continued to be tougher for longer and uh to do that off of what we went through last night with that quick turnaround um there's just a whole heck of a lot of pride in uh in our ability to do that that took a lot for us to be able to do that and not only that there was no sign of being tired today that's a big part too yeah i mean i our group has really started to develop that mentality of you know, it's just we're down three, fourth quarter. So what? You know, I mean, we just we really um, we're really playing well when our backs are against the wall, and there's just zero amount of panic right now. They have so much confidence, and um, we started to string together stops. And you know, we we held them shooting wise, 18 to 56. You know, uh, 420 from the arc, but we we couldn't rebound, and we we finally started to get some rebounds, and that's what that's what turned the game around. Seven assists today for Miles Braxmeyer. And it, it just another stellar performance on his part. Yeah, we do a thing in the locker room. We pull two guys up and, and try to, you know, guys that really made contributions, not always leading scorer. And, uh, you know, Miles was very honest last night. He told me, he said, I don't know if I've ever played a worse game than last night. And uh, I said, you know, Miles, I wouldn't trade you for anybody in the state. You'd offer me anybody. Yeah, I, three for one packages. I wouldn't take, I wouldn't trade anybody for Miles Braxmeyer. I mean, uh, and I told him that and the connection he has with his teammates and with the coaching staff. I mean, he's an extension of us on the floor. I said, hey, you're, tomorrow's your redemption tour. You know, and I thought he played phenomenal. Um, seven assists against that kind of pressure and uh, his decision making was great. His, the, the way he was cutting and being a leader on the floor. Uh, I know the one he would want back is the foul on the three because we, we probably had the game put away a little sooner, but, but uh, he made up for it and um, you know, great performance by him today. Now you put your attention to a championship game tomorrow afternoon at 5. Mays, Wichita Heights, the teams that you could be taking on. Do you recall the last time the Manhattan High was in the championship? No, just off I, the top? I got personal in the locker room. I mean, not to be selfish, but I've come to, for me, I've come to this tournament a long time. We've never been in it. You know, it, 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 that's as an assistant and the head coach. And, um, and I have so much respect for this tournament and the way they do things um, that uh, I'm just I'm so happy for our seniors. I've been on the other side of it, you know, and, and I just appreciate the opportunity. I told the players, you know, th- this has all been quick. It's like wake up, shoot around, you know, and all that. It's like I just told them let's enjoy it, sit back, enjoy it. Let's not worry about who our opponent is, and let's just embrace this opportunity tomorrow. Good luck. We'll look forward to catching up to you tomorrow evening ahead of it. Yep, appreciate it. Thank you. Benji George, his thoughts after the Indians win today by the final of 66-58 to over Wichita East to move into the Tournament of Champions finals tomorrow at 5. We'll wrap things up from United Wireless Arena in Dodge City in a moment. You're listening to Manhattan High Basketball on News Radio KMAN. Thanks to Trey Coverdale, and their opponent will be the Mays Eagles, who won 60-57 to over uh, Wichita Heights last night in the semifinals. So Manhattan and Mays, 445 pregame, 5 o'clock tip here on News Radio KMAN a little bit later today. So Manhattan currently sitting in a pretty good position. Manhattan boys at 8-2. 
Uh, following this one, they have a road contest with Emporia. They're making up a postponement uh, from last week that was uh, unfortunately canceled because of some of the weather. Uh, also, their postponement with Washburn Rural on January 12th, that has been moved to February 5th, so they will make up that game. That's going to be a back-to-back for them. The next night they have a home contest with Topeka High. They do have back-to-back home games there, but uh, three straight road games out of the Dodge City Tournament of Champions, Emporia on Tuesday, uh, Blue Valley Stillwell on Friday, and then next Friday, February 2nd, or I should say two Fridays from now on February 2nd, a tough road battle against Topeka Hayden in Topeka. So that will be uh, a tough one. But then you got the back-to-backs at home. You got um, Washburn Rural on the 5th. Topeka High on the 6th, and then you got to go to Junction City on the 9th. And Junction City, we talked with Nick Perez, of course. We'll talk to him a little bit later on in the show. His team playing pretty good right now, sitting at 9-2. and two. Manhattan uh, did hand them defeat, a close victory, uh, 65-64 on January 5th. But that's going to be a tough game for them. So really nothing is going to get easy for Manhattan uh, as the rest of the season gets underway. But it would be nice to pick up a win tonight. Uh, against Mays, have a little bit of confidence getting into this back half of your schedule, especially when you're playing some tough teams because the Centennial League is a gauntlet. And as Nick Perez uh, told me in our interview, uh, it's a lot like the SEC in football, or I'm going to even be a better one, the Big 12 in basketball. It is a gauntlet. Uh, You can't take any opponent lightly, regardless if they're the worst team in the league or the best team in the league. Every team is tough, and Manhattan knows that. And Benji George has done a good job keeping his team uh, focused throughout uh, the season. So Manhattan High sitting currently at 8-2, 2-0 in conference. They have Emporia after their game tonight against Mays, Blue Valley Stillwell, and then Hayden. So three straight road games out of the tournament for them. All right, uh, let's get into just a few other things here really quick before we take our first break here on Scoreboard Saturday. Uh, we mentioned that 5 o'clock later today. Uh, Troy Coverdale on the call down at Dodge City for that tournament championship game Uh, Girls, of course, they are headed to McPherson next week for the Mid-America Classic. We'll talk a little bit about that in our next segment. So we will get into Manhattan Girls in the next segment. We'll recap their game against Blue Valley Stillwell. Colby Van Camp was down there for that one. And we'll also uh, preview the Mid-America Classic. That's all coming up next on Scoreboard Saturday, powered by WTC Communications. We're back here on Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN. I'm AJ Shaw, your host. The show always brought to you by the great folks over at WTC Communications. WTC keeping you connected with the fastest fiber network internet speeds. Get your home or business in the game with WTC online at WTCKS.com. All right, second segment, we dive into Manhattan Girls. A couple of tough losses back-to-back on the road. You don't have a lot of back-to-backs in high school basketball, but with the weird scheduling and everything else going on, back-to-back tough losses for them at Emporia and in Stillwell. Losers on Thursday night in the makeup game uh, that was postponed from Tuesday in Emporia, 52-41. And then last night, uh, they fell behind early, Made a strong comeback effort, but in the end, falls short by five, 72-67. So Manhattan girls sit at 7-3 and three now for the season uh, as they head into the McPherson Mid-America Classic, and we will preview that a little bit later on in the segment. But first, Colby Van Camp uh, had an opportunity to sit down with Coach Scott Mall, but we'll also get into the recap of that one first. 
The Manhattan High School girls dropped their second in a row to Blue Valley and Stillwell last night with a final score of 72-67. to The Lady Indians took a 29-26 lead into halftime, but trailed by 10 entering the fourth quarter. In the final 15 seconds of the game, consecutive triples by Maxine Deering and Cat Ball cut the deficit to three points, but a missed three-point attempt sealed the deal in favor of Blue Valley. Notably, Maxine Deering had a career night, scoring 31 points, almost tripling her season average of 10.3 points per game. Cat Ball, Janie Hilgers, and Delaney Larson rounded out the top scorers, with Ball acquiring 11 points, Hilgers with 9 points, and Larson with 7 points. Also joining the score sheet were Emery Rolofson with 2 points, Marlia Jimenez with 2 points, Jora Parcell with 2 points, and Joran Hall with 1 point. The loss Friday brings Manhattan's score to 7-3, with their Centennial League record remaining at 2-1. For Blue Valley, star shooters Amelia Procknow and Oklahoma State basketball commit Jaden Wooten each had 17, with junior center Layla Barnes also achieving 17 points, demolishing her season average of 5.5 points per game. The Manhattan High School girls team will play in the 29th annual Mid-America Classic Girls Basketball Tournament this Thursday, January 25th, against Shawnee Mission East in McPherson. That game will be at 3 p.m. with pregame coverage beginning 15 minutes before tip-off here on News Radio KMAN. For Scoreboard Saturday, I'm Colby Van Camp. And thank you to Colby Van Camp. First time he was doing a recap for us. Nice job, man. Thank you for helping us out. Colby also was able to sit down with Manhattan girls coach Scott Mall after the defeat. Kobe Van Camp here with Coach Scott Mall. Coach, you had a heroic comeback there in the fourth quarter that almost went all the way through for you. What was it that got your team started there after kind of a sluggish start in the third quarter? Well, it's just kind of the same spirit we girls have had all year. We just keep battling, battling. You know, it was tough tonight after being on the road against Emporia at Emporia one night and getting back late at night to come back on the road again, both against, you know, top teams in Kansas. Uh, but the girls just, just kept battling. You know, we had that rough stretch. It hurt us when uh, Maxine Deering was out with the bloody nose and had to be out for a while. That hurt us because she was having such a good game, and she's in just in, but the girls didn't stop. They just kept coming back, and we're down 10 or 12. They just kept at it and kept at it. We made some big shots, made some plays on defense, and got ourselves with a chance. Speaking of Maxine Deering, 31 points, a career night for her. She usually averages 10.3 points per game. Just your thoughts on how she played tonight. I mean, Maxine played like Maxine plays. She's just a, she's all over the place. She brings our, our effort and our spirit level up every time she's on the court. Uh, she's been a much better shooter this year, uh, worked hard on that, especially after missing most of the season last year with a, with an injury. But, you know, she's a big spirit on our team. But she keeps everybody going. And, it's a, you know, it's a bonus when she hits. She kept us in it in the first half. We weren't doing a lot, and she hit some big shots. And then late came back after being out and hit some big shots and made some plays for us. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Coach. Colby Van Camp once again with Manhattan girls coach Scott Mall. His team now 7-3 and three on the season as they head into the McPherson uh, Mid-America Classic Tournament. 29th annual at McPherson High School. It'll be next uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Manhattan will be battling Shawnee Mission East in their first game. That's a 3 o'clock tip on Thursday. Uh, other teams in the tournament, Andover Central and Olathe South, that'll have a 4, 435 tip on Thursday. Shawnee Mission South and Wichita Northwest, that's a 610 tip on Thursday. And then the host school, McPherson, they'll be taking on Clearwater at 745 on Thursday. Trying to get a little bit of a, uh, a preview for you on Shawnee Mission East. Uh, we weren't able to really get into that, but they're struggling a little bit. Uh, I'm positive this is not their official score but sitting apparently currently at one and four for the season 
Uh, their lone win coming against Shawnee Mission North back on January 5th. Uh, recently, they were defeated by Shawnee Mission Northwest 53-48. Uh, to They lost by 21 to Olathe South. So Manhattan should be favored coming into this game. Uh, you have uh, Olathe South and Andover Central. They're playing a little bit later that day. Uh, so whoever wins that game, Manhattan would, if they win that game, they would be playing uh, the winner of that game at 6 o'clock on Friday. The loser would go to the consolation bracket uh, at 3 o'clock on Friday. So Manhattan obviously is sitting in a position where they're a little bit down, two consecutive losses. But again, when you're playing back-to-back games like they are, it's obviously very tough uh, for your team to respond. The key is, how are you going to do in this tournament? And I think Scott Mall, he's been doing this for a very long time, longer than I've probably been alive. But uh, he's been... He's been he, he's going to keep his team focused. You have to think, but uh, Shawnee Mission East not playing great right now. Wichita Northwest and Shawnee Mission South, uh, and McPherson and Clearwater on the other side of the bracket. Uh, depending on how those games would go, the championship game would be at 4:45 on Saturday. And depending how far Manhattan goes, uh, we'll have all those games for you here on News Radio KMAN. Um, but yeah, I think Manhattan. This is a great opportunity for them to kind of get back to where they were at early in the season. Uh, they were sitting at 7-1. and one. They had some big wins uh, in conference, uh, but tough losses in Emporia and Stillwell. Uh, coming out of the tournament, they're going to have another really tough game. They have Topeka Hayden on the road on February 2nd. Uh, then they will have their makeup game with Washburn Rural on February 5th. It'll be nice to have that back-to-back for them on the 5th and the 6th. Yeah, back-to-backs are not ideal, but when you're at home, I mean, that's just always a big key for you, and they'll have that game, they'll have that game against Washburn Rural. They'll have Topeka High, and then they'll have a game in Junction City on the ninth against a Junction City team that's not playing very good right now. They still have not won. Uh, then Emporia, Washburn Rural on the road, and then Topeka at Hayden at home on the 20th before we get into the substate games at the end of the month of February. So Manhattan girls, 7-3, and 2-1 and one for the season. They have Shawnee Mission East. We'll have a 2.45 pregame for you and then a 3 o'clock tip for you here on News Radio KMAN uh, on thursday afternoon when they come back we'll sit down with junction city boys coach nick perez talk about his team's hot start a tough loss for them last night in the championship game to olathe south but we'll talk with him about his team's hot start it's coming up next on scoreboard saturday powered by news radio powered by wtc communications Back here on Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN, powered by the great folks at WTC Communications. Before we get into this segment with Junction City, just wanted to shout out uh, Wamego girls coach Brian McIntosh. On Tuesday, in his team's 58-23 victory over Tonganoxie, he picked up his 100th career victory as a head coach. So congratulations to Coach McIntosh. I know we spoke with him a couple of weeks back. And uh, hopefully we can talk with him very soon. So congratulations to him. Uh, his team, unfortunately, went down to defeat last night at St. James Academy in the Tonganoxie tournament. 73-51 final. Alexis Heck, the leading scorer last night. She had a good night. 36 points, including 7 of 11 on three balls and 7 of 10 from two. Riley Meinhardt with six points, three rebounds, two assists. Sarah Springer had four points and... Isabella Wilbur with two points, four rebounds. So, Wamigo girls currently sitting at eight and one for the season. 
after the Tonganoxie tournament, they have a home tilt with Lewisburg on the 23rd. Still don't know when uh, they'll be making up their contest with Concordia and Abilene at home. Uh, but they have a three-game homestand right out of the tournament in Tonganoxie. Lewisburg on Tuesday, Rock Creek on Friday, and then next Friday, the 2nd, or I should say two Fridays from now, uh, Udora is they're going to be their opponent. And then two road battles in early February at Chapman on February 6th and at Abilene on February 9th. So uh, congratulations again to Coach McIntosh on picking up his 100th career victory as coach at Wamego High School. All right, let's now get into our interview with Nick Perez, Junction City boys coach. Junction City currently sitting at 9-2 and two for the season. Uh, they were out at the Spring Hill Tournament this week. Uh, unfortunately, a tough loss for them last night against Olathe South in the championship game, a 64-55 loss. But they looked pretty dominant in the first two games, beat Sumner Academy on Wednesday 92-43, and then beat Gardner Edgerton 67-51 to on Thursday. An opportunity, of course, like I said, to sit down with Coach Nick Perez. AJ Shaw here for Scoreboard Saturday. We're now joined by Junction City boys coach uh, Nicholas Perez. Coach, uh, a tough loss tonight in the Spring Hill Tournament, but overall your team still playing really well, a 9-2 and record to start the season. Uh, let's kind of just start off with your team's performance, uh, even though with the tough loss tonight still a very good, strong performance from you guys this week down at Spring Hill. Yeah, you know, I, I like our guys. I like the way we play. You know, we play extremely fast and we guard and, you know, we play nine, We play 94 feet. I mean, that's just what we do. We're pretty small. You know, we had a, one one left because uh, of football, and we had a tall guy get for, for his ACL. So we're pretty small, but we play with a lot of passion and a lot of energy. And, you know, we're 9-2, and two and I, and I kind of like where we're at right now. It was a tough loss tonight, but we're going to move forward and worry about the Cincinnati Elite. 64-55 uh, loss for you guys at, against Olathe South down in Spring Hill for the tournament. Uh, some of your key contributors, talk a little bit about that. Who were some of your key contributors in the tournament for you guys? Yeah, you know, I thought Jackson Austin shot the ball really well this weekend. Um, I think he had eight threes the other night. Um, Olathe South did a pretty good job on him tonight, uh, just kind of not getting him open. And that's, you know, Coach Press has got to do a better job of getting him booked. And then, you know, uh, Larkin Turner and, and Juan Williams and, LaBelle Autry, they all do their thing. I mean, they just get to the rim. Larkin's a, a 5'11 kid that plays like he's 6'3 and plays hard, and I like it. And, you know, we're led by our senior guys and Trey Ruffin and Stuart Mitchell. I mean, I just like the way those guys come in and do things. Trey is a distributor but also has to guard the other team's best guard. And, you know, I, I think it just motivates us to, to kind of help each other out. And, you know, there's not one guy on our team that we're just like, you know, we got to get him the ball because we got four or five, six guys that can score. And so when we do that, we're really good. When, we, when we're two-faced, when we, you know, Larkin has 14, Jackson has 18, we're not very good. And so we want to get three or four guys in the mix, and, and normally it's those, that group of guys that we just talked about. As you head now into the second half of the season, you have a pretty lengthy schedule coming up. Uh, against Centennial League opponents, as we both know, that conference is always, or that league, I should say, is always a very, it's always a gauntlet. You had to, you have another game with Manhattan coming up. You got Washburn Rural. You got a game coming up. Uh, which opponents or opponent do you think will be a team to keep an eye on for you guys heading into the second half of the season? Well, I always tell people that the uh, the Centennial League is like the SEC in football. You just you can't play bad. You can't play bad, and if you do, you're going to get smacked. And, uh, you know, Washburn's going to be good. You know, at the beginning of the year, they didn't have their point guard. Now he's back, and they're much better. You know, Manhattan's playing really well. They're in the COC championship game tomorrow night. Um, Hayden got Padilla back, so he's, they're going to be good. 
I, I you know, and it's important to see how you just, they always play us hard. I mean, it's like a rivalry without a rivalry. And um, I, I can't really pinpoint one team because the other five teams are going to bring it every night. And uh, hopefully they say the same thing about us. And uh, for us to win the Centennial, you know, you're going to have to steal three or four on the road. And we lost one at Manhattan last, well, two weeks ago. Um, so we're just going to have to take care of business on the road and then win every home game to have an opportunity to win leagues. Something that I don't think we've ever done in the Centennial as far as basketball. Uh, something, Coach, that we've been talking about with some of the coaches we've been discussing with. Uh, recently, Keisha announced they were implementing a trial run for a 35-second shot clock next year. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you support it? Uh, if you do, what do you think? How do you think it will benefit the game? If you don't, why not? I think, I think number one, I, I support it 100%. I think if we're trying to send kids to the next level, I think that's the way we got to coach them. I think coaches now can't stall. you gotta, you got to actually play. Um, I think the only downfall is it's a team that maybe outmanned, you know, down 20, 30, going in, you know, going into the third quarter, you know, now they have to shoot a ball with 35 seconds, but I love it. I think it's, it's going to make our, uh, the skills and the teaching is going to be more, it's got to be more advanced now. It's got to, kids got to make better decisions and, and you can't hold the ball. I think it makes basketball a lot of fun. You know, I think that's the one thing when people go watch a college game, it's up and down. You go watch the NBA game, it's up and down. So mm -hmm. I think the teams that don't play up and down are kind of forced to play up and down. And then teams like us that press, you know, now you only got 15, 18 seconds to get the shot off. So now you got to run your stuff and you got to be more efficient. So I'm 100% behind it. I voted yes. Um, I think it's going to advance our kids and advance the game of basketball in Kansas. Well, I, I agree with your statement. I think it's I think it's a very good thing for the game. It's definitely going to speed up the game, and yeah, it's going to be a bit of a transition for the kids initially, but ultimately, you know, change is a good thing, and it should be a great thing. Uh, my last question for you, coach, is you, you had some off days here. You had a couple of games get postponed. Uh, how have you been able to kind of keep your guys fresh and focused on playing the game when they've really not had an opportunity to get back out on the court for several days prior to this week? Well, that's been the biggest challenge. Uh, we, you know, literally. We canceled school. We can't practice. You know, we had a snow day. Couldn't practice. And then, so we were practicing and then have a snow day and then practice. It, it was really frustrating um, at times. But um, I think our kids did a really good job of just adjusting to the schedule. The bad part is, is we take such a long Christmas break, in my opinion. I think we were way too long. Um, you know, we, had, we were playing Manhattan. They were in school the Wednesday or Thursday before we played them. We, we didn't go to school until the next week. And, um, you know, I think for our kids, it got a little frustrating because we were trying to play and then it still would come. You know, obviously the weather, we can't predict and make all of that happen. But um, as far as layover, I think our kids adjusted really well. I mean, we got active kids. You know, the kids, when we had the snow day, they, you know, they went to the wreck. They went to the water. They went hooped. I mean, they just, uh, they love the game and they're, they're always trying to figure things out. You know, sometimes I got to tell them to rest. Um, but I think for us, the layoff it was very frustrating. You could tell the first night out here at Spring Hill that we hadn't played in, in 11 or 12 days. And yet you guys were still able to put it together and put up a strong performance. Coach, uh, your team is 9-2. and two. Your next battle, of course, will be a makeup against Topeka Hayden on Tuesday night. Coach, uh, good luck to you guys the rest of the way, and hopefully we can uh, chat down the road later this season. Appreciate it, AJ. Thanks for having me on. Of course. That was Nick Perez, Junction City Boys coach. Great to sit down and talk with him. As I said, Topeka Hayden is their next battle making that game up on Tuesday night. That's a road tilt. It's going to be a tough game. Topeka Hayden's a very good team, as they usually are in pretty much every sport for the Centennial League. Uh, then they have another week off. Blue Valley Northwest will be their first home contest in the second half. And then they got uh, a couple of home home and homes, away and aways. They got uh, 
two on the road, Topeka High and Washburn Rural, Manhattan at home on the ninth. That's going to be a big ball game. That could be a game that determines maybe who wins the Centennial League in 2023-24. So Nick Perez's team sitting at 9-2. and two. Uh, losers last night to Olathe South in the Spring Hill Tournament Finals, 64-55. We take our final time out here on Scoreboard Saturday, but when we come back, we'll sit down with Blue Valley Randolph girls coach Kaylee Inez and also uh, recap how the TBL tournament has been going so far for both the boys and girls. You guys are not going to want to miss that. It's all coming up next on Scoreboard Saturday, powered by WTC Communications. We're back here, Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN. Our show always brought to you by the great folks over at WTC Communications. WTC, you connected with the fastest fiber network internet speeds. Get your home or business in the game online at WTCKS.com. Final segment here, we dive into the Twin Valley League, the Twin Valley League tournament. Closing out today, they had a couple of games to... It had to be moved around because of the weather, just the crazy weather. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you all. It, it, it's been it's been hectic. A lot of games have had to been moved. This, this is probably the most we've seen in this area. And even in my years of covering high school basketball, I mean, going back to my days in Illinois, haven't seen this many these many games be affected by crazy weather like this. But um. The Twin Valley League tournament going on today over in the boys' bracket. We have uh, the championship game between Axel and Hanover. That's a 7.30 tip uh, down in Onega. Not that far from here. Uh, so Axel and Hanover. Axel, so far, uh, they beat a very tough Clifton Clyde team. We talked with both Clifton Clyde, uh, Coach Kernan Wirtz last week, and Jason Tynan, the Axel coach. A tight one, 50-48 victory last night for Axel. Uh, as they were able to take down Clifton Clyde. And then over in the other one, another close one, Hanover took down Centralia 50-45. to So uh, Clifton Clyde and Centralia will meet in the Consolation Championship later today at 4 o'clock at Onega High School. Uh, meanwhile, Hanover and Axtell. As for uh, our two area teams, Frankfurt and um, Blue Valley, they met each other on uh, Monday and Frankfurt narrowly beat Blue Valley Randolph in an 8-9 matchup, 58-57. And then Frankfurt definitely held their own against Clifton Clyde on Wednesday in the uh, quarterfinal matchup, but ultimately uh, went down by one point. Clifton Clyde had kind of a rough tournament, but that just shows you kind of the competitiveness of the Twin Valley League tournament. And we talked a little bit with Kaylee Inez about that. We'll talk with her in just a moment. Just how competitive it is. I mean, you're playing back-to-back -back games against some teams you haven't even seen yet. And for Coach Inez, who's a first-year coach at Blue Valley Randolph, you know it was it was definitely an eye-opening experience for her. Other games going on: uh, Frankfurt and Donovan West. There was no game played between them, but Valley Heights and Donovan West did play last night, and uh, Valley Heights was able to win their game over Donovan West, 69 to 52. And with Frankfurt's loss, they will play them in the fifth-place game a little bit later today. Uh, and then you have Troy and Valley Heights. Uh, Troy ended up playing, or will end up playing Valley Heights, who uh, lost, uh, won their game. I'm sorry, 
a lot of words on that page. <laughs> uh, Valley Heights and Donovan West played. Uh, Valley Heights won 69-52, so Troy will play Valley Heights in the fifth-place game. Frankfurt and Donovan West will play in the seventh-place game. Uh, other games going on later today, we have Blue Valley in Washington County and Onega and Lynn. Onega, the host school this year in the TVL boys portion of the bracket. As for the girls... We have a championship game later today. Clifton Clyde girls, who are just tremendous. They were also the number one seed. So both Clifton Clyde boys and Clifton Clyde girls were the number one seed on both sides of the bracket. Uh, they were able to narrowly take down Hanover last night in the semifinal matchup, 57-55. And they'll take on Centralia a little bit later today at 6 o'clock. Uh, they were able to Centralia were able to take down Valley Heights last night, 46-42. to so Clifton Clyde and Centralia for first place. Uh, the losers of those semifinal games, Hanover and Valley Heights, will play for third place. Uh, for fifth place, we have Frankfurt, one of our area teams. The girls uh, will be battling. They were able to actually pick up a win last night, and they'll take on Donovan West for the fifth place game later today. Uh, a 46-26 win. Axel, uh, the loser against Frankfurt. And then Donovan West beating Lynn. In their ball game, 53-37. to So it'll be Axtell and Lynn girls basketball for the seventh place game going on later today. Uh, Washington County and Blue Valley Randolph and Onega and Troy will be playing in the consolation matchups later. Uh, earlier today, very long day of basketball. Who's ever out calling that game? Shout out to you. I, I did a few games a couple of years back, and it was just crazy, man. We, call, we were calling three to five games a day. Uh, it is a it is a it is a very fun tournament. If you've never been out to it before, you should go out and check it out. And Onega's right down the road. If you live in Manhattan, go check it out. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's a lot of great basketball, and teams are really passionate, and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, again, you have Clifton Clyde and Centralia for the championship in the Twin Valley League for the girls, Hanover and Axtell for the boys. As Jason Tynan's team looks to try to come out of there uh, with a victory in the Twin Valley League for the boys portion of the bracket. Uh, we did have an opportunity to sit down, of course, as I mentioned, with Blue Valley Randolph girls coach Kaylee Inez. Her team will be, uh, as I mentioned earlier, playing uh, Washington County a little bit later today. That's a 10 o'clock tip over at Onega High School. Her team was able to pick up a victory over um, Onega the other night, 46-44. to Kaylee Inez sat down with us. A.J. Shaw here for Scoreboard Saturday. We're now joined in this segment by Blue Valley Randolph girls coach Kaylee Inez. Coach... Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. So your team picked up a uh, 46-44 win on Thursday in the TVL tournament, uh, a victory for your team. Uh, 17 points from Kirsten Allison, 10 rebounds and 3 blocks. Uh, Brylin Brockman had 16 and 10. Uh, my first question for you, what would you say has been your team's identity so far this season? What has your team been doing well? Um, I think one thing we've been doing well is we've really been honing in our defense and really causing struggles on our press when we are pressing our teams we get a lot of turnovers we just have quick hands and quick feet and aggressive defenders out there that have been causing some trouble for some teams we've run into talk about some of your key contributors this season who is uh stood out to you the most you know first person on that list is our our lone senior this year kirsten allison uh kurt does a lot of work down in the five spot she's a great scorer. Uh, she's aggressive on defense and causes trouble for other bigs. And then she's just such a natural leader. She'll hold our girls accountable and get them straightened out in practice and really pushes this team to be the best that they can be. And so she's one of our top um, key players there. The next person from there would be Brynlyn Brockman. 
who is a sophomore starting at our four spot. And she is just very athletic. Um, she's just another person who causes trouble on defense. She has big blocks a lot in the game, and she just knows the game of basketball so well, and she is consistently one of our top scorers. Seems like so far from the theme that defense has definitely been kind of your team's philosophy so far this season. Yeah, we've been working hard to be defensive players and trying to build up our confidence on offense, um, but defense has been key for us. Oh, what year is this for you at Blue Valley? So this is my first year at Blue Valley. Oh wow! Okay. Welcome, welcome to the uh, welcome to the Twin Valley League. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Twin Valley League tournament that you just were in, um, some people in our audience may not know a whole lot about it. Just talk a little bit about the experience of getting to play every team in the conference and kind of that hectic schedule of, obviously this year it's been a little more hectic with all the postponements, but kind of that hectic schedule of getting to play many games back-to-back. Yeah, it's been um, really fun to enter into this tournament and to see teams that we haven't seen in the league this season yet. Um, and so coming into this tournament, I think but coming into this tournament, it, it's been fun to play the teams that we haven't been able to play. I mean, started of our league season, we faced really tough opponents right out the bat and um, got a little discouraged coming out into TVL. It's a tough league is what I'm finding out. A lot of people say, you know, the Twin Valley League is tough, and that, that remains true. All the teams we see here are tough. And so coming into this tournament, we faced some teams that we could really compete with and pull out a couple of wins, hopefully. We played Onega and got a great win over them, and we're going in tomorrow to face Washington County in our last tournament game there and looking for another win we faced them in preseason and we lost to them and so we're excited to show them what we've done since preseason how far we've come as a team how much we've grown and to continue to make waves in the twin valley definitely um that first matchup was back on december 9th you have another matchup with them coming up on february 6th uh what would you like to see differently from your team in this game against washington county i would like to see our team be a little more aggressive on offense uh, we practiced today, and we were working on our dribble drives and just being confident shooters. The reality of the team that I'm coaching this year is that we have a ton of shooting guards out there, um, and some of them are a little timid to just release that ball, but all of them can shoot. All of them can dribble. They're all threats offensively, and so we've really been coaching them to have that confidence. And so to, going into tomorrow's game, we worked on that of just like, if you're open, shoot it. Just keep shooting. Um, they're going to fall and we saw a little bit of that yesterday versus Onega, so we're hoping to carry that momentum into tomorrow's game and show Washington County um, that we are a good offensive team, too. Kaylee Ines is our guest, head coach for Blue Valley Randolph Girls Basketball. Uh, coach, um, one of the recent announcements by Keisha, and we've been asking a lot of the coaches we've been talking to, uh, was the implementation of a 35-second shot clock that's going to be coming into place next year for a trial run. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you support it? Do you not? Uh, what do you? How do you think it'll benefit the game? You know, I, I go back and forth on that a lot. I think about how it can be a really good tool of making sure teams aren't just holding the ball out there, uh, just passing and killing time as much as possible. And, you know, because when teams do that, it becomes a little less competitive and a little less edgy and more of um, just watching that ball go back and forth where nobody's trying to make a play. On the other hand, I can see where there, if there are younger teams, fresher teams um, going against the shot clock, they're going to get a lot of turnovers. It's going to be difficult for teams to adjust to that aren't quite ready for that level. So right now, I'm, I don't know. I just kind of go back and forth of like, 
it, it could be a good thing. It could be a great thing. It could speed the game up, and it also could um, do some harm at this level. Um, so I'm not not sold on it yet. I'm either way, really. Yeah, very interesting. Um, a lot of coaches have been against it. Some have been in favor of it. it it's really kind of a mixed bag, but change is always an important thing, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how uh, that will impact the game going into next year. Uh, uh, I do actually have a question for you. So you're actually you're a Lutheran you're a Lutheran pastor at two churches, um, which I found kind of interesting. Uh, how did how did you get involved in that? Yeah, so my my day job, as you would say, is that I am a Lutheran pastor in the area out near Blue Valley. Um, I went to Bethany College. I played yeah. basketball out there for a year. I'm not a local. I'm not. A, I'm not a local Kansas. Where's Bethany College at? Uh, it's in Lindsburg, Kansas. Lindsburg, Kansas. All right, go. Right. I apologize yeah. for interrupting. Go right ahead. No, no that's all right. Uh, so I played basketball out there for a year. Got injured and um, had to figure out kind of what my next steps were. And Bethany College is a Lutheran college, and I started going to chapel there and fell in love. And I studied religion. And next thing I know, I'm graduating with a religion degree and moving to California to go get my master's of divinity to become an ordained minister in the Lutheran church. Um, yeah, and then it, all that kind of just led me here to back home to Kansas. And I've been at my call for a year and a half now. And while I was out here, I was looking to grow roots and Blue Valley had a head coaching position open and basketball is always my first love and they hired me and it's been great ever since. That's awesome. That's uh, something really cool. I I'd noticed, and I, uh, I I'd never met a coach before that was a was a pastor. But I, I was it was it was yeah. interesting that I got to hear about that. Uh, how are you able to kind of tie that into your coaching? You know, I um, it is a little bit of a change of pace because these people say, "Oh, you're a pastor," you know, and they think I'm going to be a little more timid. But I'm definitely not. I'm I'm pretty loud on the sidelines. You can hear me. I'm yelling and I'm cheering for my girls and. You know, tying it into this coaching position is just making sure that these girls feel seen and feel heard and feel cared for. When I came into this position, I told them, I said, you know, my goal is to teach them a little more about the sport of basketball, but it's also to help them shape into wonderful young women ready to take on the world, um, to ask questions, to have uncertainties and help them navigate life and make sure that they have next step plans. And so, being a pastor, that kind of ties in of just making sure we're setting them up for success uh, on and off the court. Absolutely. Well, Coach, uh, good luck to you uh, this afternoon with Washington County. Uh, we'll hope to talk to you soon later this season. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. We appreciate it. Kaylee Inez, the Blue Valley Randolph girls coach. Yeah, she is a Lutheran pastor. That was kind of cool. My, uh, my only... Uh, association with the Lutheran Church. I shouldn't say it's my association. My father was baptized in the Lutheran Church when he was in college, so I thought that was kind of interesting. So thanks to Coach Inez. Thanks to Coach Perez for sitting down with us, and hopefully we can chat again later this season uh, as we get near the final full month of the high school basketball season. Uh, just a couple of plugs I want to make here really quick before we get on out of here. Uh, coming up at 1230, the pregame, number 7, K-State Women's Basketball, host KU in the Sunflower Showdown. The big news, of course, Ioka Lee out for four weeks with an ankle injury. She had a small fracture found in her ankle. She had successful surgery yesterday morning. So Yoki will be out at least four weeks. That's a tough loss, but uh, – what we've seen from this K-State women's team so far this year is just how resilient they are, how they play like a team, and that's 
That's a big deal. Uh, we'll have the Manhattan Boys coming up later today. Their championship game against Mays down at Dodge City. 445 pregame. Troy Coverdale on the call with a 5 o'clock tip. And then we'll join in progress for uh, the back half of the doubleheader for K-State basketball today. K-State men's hosting Bramlage will join that game in progress here on K-Man. And then tomorrow, 4 o'clock pregame for the Chiefs and Bills NFL playoffs here. Playoffs today. I'll make my quick predictions that we got Texans and Ravens and Packers and 49ers. I'm going to go Texans over the Ravens, and I'm going to go uh, 49ers over the Packers. Although Jordan Love, man, uh, some of you all know I'm from Chicago. I'm a big Bears fan, but Jordan Love, is he's, he's the real deal. Uh, and unfortunately, the Bears are going to have to deal with that the next few years. Yeah, that's not a good thing for us. So <laughs> anyways, 49ers and Packers, I'm going to go 49ers, and then tomorrow... Not going to make a, game, a prediction on Chiefs and Bills. Don't want to jinx that, but we have um, – who's the other playoff game tomorrow? I'm, I'm blanking. Lions and uh, Buccaneers tomorrow. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. So we'll be 49ers and Lions in the NFC Championship game and then uh, either Chiefs or Bills against uh, the Texans in the AFC Championship game. Got to love uh, Houston uh, football. Anyways, we have to get on out of here. It's been a pleasure. Uh, the Kim Commando Show coming up next here on K-Man. Of course, we have games all weekend for you. Stay warm, everybody. Make smart choices. Don't do crazy stuff when you're out on the roads. And uh, we'll be back again here next week at 8 o'clock on News Radio K-Man. Have a nice week, everybody. Go Cats.